Welcome to the Faith Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe today's message will empower you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Here's today's message. You may be seated. Open your Bibles to James chapter 3, verse 1. James chapter 3, verse 1. We can pick up with our verse-by-verse study of the book of James. We're in part seven this week. James chapter three, picking up with verse one. So in six weeks, we covered two chapters. So we'll see how long it takes us for the rest of the book. This Sunday, I'll be ministering on the wealth of the wicked transferring to the hands of the just. So I'm going to go through Genesis to Revelation to show you, I think, every scripture that talks about it. Because the thing is, if I go through every scripture on the subject, faith's going to come into your heart. And what happens if you have faith for it? You'll get it. So that's this Sunday. But let's continue our verse-by-verse study, starting in James chapter 3, verse 1. Notice what it says, my brethren... Be not many masters. That word masters there means teachers. So what is he saying? My brethren, not all of you are supposed to be teachers. Why do you say that? Knowing that we teachers shall receive the greater condemnation. The, word, the phrase greater condemnation means a stricter judgment or they will be held to a higher standard. We all know that we will stand at the judgment seat of Christ one day. We all will give an account for how we lived our life and our time in the flesh. But those who are called into the ministry or who stand behind the holy desk have an extra set of job job qualifications and questions God says to them. So it's not just how you lived your life. Then after he talks about all those things is, did you tell my people what I told you to tell them? Did you pervert my gospel to get what you wanted done? Did you try to pimp my people so your needs would be met? There is a stricter judgment. Just because somebody is on TV doesn't mean you listen to what they say. Oh, I saw them. They did a miracle. Satan does miracles too. You have to judge everything you hear from a preacher's mouth by the book. Well, they said they're a prophet. Anybody can say they're a prophet. If I spend enough time with a parrot, I can convince a parrot to say it's a prophet. Don't be moved by title. Don't be moved by platform. Don't be moved by media. Be moved by are they saying what the book says? One of the things I tell my ministers is you have to make sure that every time you get before the holy desk to minister the words of this life, you are as accurate as possible. You build your case line upon line, precept upon precept, because people will make decisions about life and death by what comes out of your mouth. While they should be like the church in Berea in the book of Acts that took those scriptures and studied it to see if it was so, not everybody's that way. So one of the things I encourage you, especially my Wednesday night crowd, is just because it's a popular message, make sure it's a message from the book. Don't live your life by just what feels good and what sounds good. Make sure it is good. You know, we tell our kids not everything that tastes good is good for you. The same thing with things that are preached and taught. We have to follow the book. And so the thing is, 
everyone who stands behind the holy desk to minister the words of this life, they have an extra set of judgment questions, God asks them. God has a stricter and higher standard he holds them to. And the thing is, it says also in Paul's writings, who are you to judge another man's servant? And so if they're ministers of the gospel, they are the servants of Christ. So that means if they get out of line, Jesus will deal with them. He didn't tell you to deal with them. He didn't tell you to put your mouth on them. Because even if they act a hot mess, they still may be anointed. And if David heart smote him when he cut off the edge of Saul's garments, even though Saul was trying to kill him, and he says, I can't do that because that's the Lord's anointed. We should even put our mouth on people. I remember when I, was, I had some school of ministry students come and ask me a question a number of years ago about a certain person who was in the ministry. And so they brought me this video, and they said, what do you think about what they're saying and doing in their service? And I said, for the sake of teaching you school of ministry students, I'll answer this question. But if it's something I just saw online, I would not even comment on or share on. But so that you know, don't you ever do that, this is why I'm telling you this. But you should be always cautious the freedom you have just to talk about somebody that was anointed. Because the thing is, if you're so free just to run your mouth about it, you'll run your mouth about everything else. And as we get to the next 10 verses, you'll understand the subtitle for tonight's message, what's the hell in your mouth? What's the hell in your mouth? For in many things we offend all, or in many things we stumble in different ways. If a man offend not or stumbles not in word or in his mouth, the same is a mature man. That's what the word perfect means. And able also to bridle or to control the whole body. If you can control your mouth, you can control your body. So let me take this a little bit deeper because we say, oh, yes, that's true, Pastor. If you have a problem with your weight, if you have a problem with what you eat, if you have a problem with smoking, if you have a problem with a certain addiction, if you change what you say, you can change what your body does. You can even train your body not to like the taste of sugar. So I'm like, preacher, why would we ever want to do that? But if you're facing certain challenges in your body, you need to tell your body you don't like that anymore. Because just because they come out with a study that says that's bad for you, people still eat it. I just saw a study online. I haven't studied out, but one of the cereals I used to love as a kid and a teenager and an adult that I stopped eating two years ago by accident. Somehow I stopped eating it. They said it had paint thinner in it. Now, it tastes good still. Must be some good paint thinner. But how many know I shouldn't eat paint thinner? But the thing is, if you have a trouble just eating whatever you see, you got to tell yourself and speak the words out of your mouth, I don't desire those things. But I actually want it. I didn't say what you actually want. I'm saying, what are you saying? Your mouth can control your body. So if you have trouble living a certain way or certain holiness according to the word of God, go back to what you are saying. So in the next verse, behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us. 
and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships which they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth, wherever the captain wants it to go. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Even so means in the same way. So let's back up. So we just saw that the tongue can control the whole body. So the tongue is compared to a bit in the horse's mouth. You turn your body by your tongue. If you are always tired, if you keep saying, I'm so tired, guess what? You're going to stay tired. You can take days off to rest, but it won't be enough because your confession has ruined your rest. It's like, well, I slept for 10 hours, but it felt like I barely slept at all. What's coming out your mouth? With your mouth, you can control every system in your body. You can tell your body to reject certain things. So if there's something in your body the doctor says shouldn't be, talk about it. Well, the doctor gave me a bad report. Talk about a good report. What happens so much in our culture, we identify with disease. Oh, that's just my diabetes. That's just my bad knee. That's just that's this acting up again. You claim it, so it stays. You haven't dismissed it because you keep calling it yours. So it keeps growing. Then it's compared to a ship driven by a fierce wind. Your tongue can control the direction of your life. So your tongue can control your body. If you want to diet, lose weight, eat healthy, break an addiction, start with the words of your mouth. Your tongue can control the direction of your life. You are the prophet of your life. Today, you are standing in the words and decisions you spoke on days before. You created the reality you stand in. Oh, someone said this over me. Some witch, some warlock cursed me. They said these words, so say something different. Well, all my life, my teacher said this. My family said this, so this is what I have to be. Say something different. You can have what you say. It's not you can have what everybody else says. You can have what you say. Why are you saved? You said something. You are going to heaven because you said something. Jesus died. He rose again, shed his blood, did everything necessary for salvation, but you wouldn't be saved if you did not open your mouth and say something. You control the direction of your life with your mouth. Since even though that ship is driven by fierce winds, you turn it wherever it should go, the captain turns that helm. So if the helm is the tongue and the captain turns the helm, that means your tongue needs a boss. Your tongue needs a boss. It can't just say whatever you feel like saying. I saw a pretty funny meme. A lot of people live this way. It says, I don't want to think about what I'm going to say before I say it. I just want to be surprised with everybody else. Now, the thing is, that could be funny, but you don't want all those surprises coming into your life. And what's in your life today 
is because you open the door with the gateway of your mouth. Your mouth is a weapon. That's what the word mouth, when you look in Romans, it talks about the edge of the sword. Under your nose, you got more than a 10-gauge shotgun. And you turn it on others, and then you turn it on yourself. Even so, in the same way, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindles. Or how big of a forest fire can one small flame start? And the tongue is a fire. Your tongue can be a fire starter. Notice what also a world of iniquity. That word iniquity means injustice, morally wrongfulness of character, life, and action, and unrighteousness. It means injustice, morally wrongfulness of character, life, and action, unrighteousness. What does that tongue do? So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body. That word defile means to stain or to soil. Your tongue can stain and soil your life. Your tongue can stain and soil your body. There are people sick today because of what they said. I remember reading two examples in Brother Hagin's book that there was a man who would always say that he was going to die by a certain age. Because his parent died at that age, his grandparent died at the age, so he kept saying that's what's going to happen to him. So a couple years before that age hit, he began to get sick. And sicker and sicker until he reached that age, and they called Brother Hagin, will you come and pray for him? Brother Hagin began to pray, the man of God, the anointed prophet of God, the power of God was in the room, the healing power of God was in the room, but it didn't work. And Brother Hagin was trying to figure out why. Jesus said, it's too late because he's having exactly what he said. I believe it was Brother Hagin or Jim Hockaday who told a story about a person who wanted attention. It was a mother who wanted attention. And he says, oh, you need to come visit me because I might get cancer. Oh, you know I'm going to get cancer. You need to come visit me when you have time. She didn't have cancer. But after a number of years of saying that she got cancer because that's what she said. She wanted the attention, so she got what she said. But she didn't realize that somehow she developed a disease that caused her to forget. So she forgot that she was supposed to say that she had cancer. So when she forgot, the cancer left. Her confession was sustaining the cancer. You can have what you say. So how does the tongue defile or stain the body? Go to Matthew 15. Matthew 15. Matthew 15, verse 11. Your mouth is very important. It's vitally important. You are made in the image and likeness of God. When God wants something to happen, he says something. 
So all the Holy Ghost is moving. Yeah, he's moving. Well, unless you say something, you won't get the result of the move of the Holy Ghost. Go back to all the way to Genesis 1. The Holy Ghost was hovering. He was moving over the waters. But nothing happened until God said something. Matthew 15, verse 11. Jesus said, hear and understand in verse 10 and verse 11, not that which goes into the mouth defiles a man, but that which comes out of the mouth, this defiles the man. So the Pharisees leave. The disciples talk to Jesus and say, hey, Peter says in verse 15, tell us this parable. Verse 16, and Jesus said, are you also yet without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatsoever enters in at the mouth goes into the belly and is cast out onto the drop? He says, very simple, what you eat is coming back out. It's not staying there forever. It's leaving. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. The Pharisees were saying, well, they didn't wash their hands, so what they ate caused their body to be defiled. Now, you should wash your hands. I'm not against washing hands. Please wash your hands. Before you eat, wash your hands. Before you shake other people's hands, please wash your hands. And then you might need to wash your hands after you shake people's hands, but please... I'm not against washing hands. But they're talking about they are ceremonially unclean because they didn't wash their hands or follow our ordinances and their practices. And Jesus, that is not what defiles a person. That's not what stains a person's life. What comes up out of the heart and out of the mouth will stain the person's life. So Jesus begins to give examples. He says, for out of the heart precedes evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashing hands defiles not a man. People say, oh, they were good, but all of a sudden they just had one crazy moment. Johnny was a good kid. I don't know why he shot up that school. That didn't come from nowhere overnight. Satan just go run and grab Johnny and make him do something. It was already in the heart. And it began to come out the mouth. So it became a mentality. So they yielded to the devil and the devil could use them. It does not happen like this. It's something in the heart. Go back to James. You deposit into your heart one of the ways is by your mouth. But another way you deposit in your heart is by what you see and what you hear and what you continually think on. Whatever you continually think on, whatever you continually hear, whatever you continually see, whatever you continually say puts things into your heart. James 3 Picking up with verse 6 again. So it stains or soils the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature or the cycle of nature. The course or the cycle or the entirety of your life. So it sets your whole life on fire. And it's set on the fire of where? If you don't control your mouth, you will set your light on fire with hellfire. Well, why all this hell in my life? Satan keeps attacking me. It may not even be the devil. 
Saints, like, you are bad all by yourself. I'll come and check on you in six months. Says, I just got to let you talk. I don't got to do nothing. Is your life on fire today because of things you said? Does hell have access into your life because you said something? And so now it's not even spiritual warfare for you. All it is, you just need to cover your mouth. You can be quiet if you want to. For every kind of beast and birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and has been tamed by, of mankind. You think about all the different animals that mankind has tamed and controls and puts into zoos and safaris. They can tame all these great mighty animals. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. What happens if you partake of deadly poison? You die. Are areas of your life dying because of what you've been saying? So he says in verse 8, no man can tame it. He's not saying it can't be tamed. He's letting you know no man can tame it by natural means, natural power, human ways. Go back to James 1. Because remember... He's building on something he's been talking about in the previous chapters. James 1.19, remember, he said, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Verse 26, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridles not his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion or believing is vain or worthless or unprofitable. Everything you believe can be unprofitable for you if you don't control your mouth. So he's not saying you can't control your mouth, that it's, oh, well, lost habit, lost cause. No, you just can't do it in natural ways. So go back to chapter 3, start with verse 9 this time. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith we cuss out men which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and a bunch of F words. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. So you shouldn't go to church and say, oh, praise the Lord, he is good. His mercy go- endures forever. Get on South Cobb Drive, you blankety blank, 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 blank. He says, this is not how it's supposed to happen. You shouldn't have a bumper sticker that says Jesus is the Lord. He's driving by, giving someone the finger. That doesn't look right. Something, one of these things is not like the other. Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either fine figs? So can no mountain both yield salt water and fresh. So it's like just in the natural, you don't get salt water and fresh water the same place. You don't get sweet water and bitter water the same place. A fig tree doesn't bear olive berries and a vine doesn't figs. Your mouth shouldn't be so divided. Why? An unstable man or a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. How do you mind a person's, how do you know if a person is unstable in their mind? By their actions and what they say. So that means you got to get your tongue under control. 
If you want to live the life God has for you, go to Proverbs 18, 21. Let's prove that point a little bit more. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power or the hand of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit or the reward thereof. Death and life are in the control of your tongue. Whatever you love to say is what you're going to enjoy the reward of. So it's not just I said a good faith confession when I came to church. Well, I spoke the word at church. What do you say the majority of the week? Because whatever you say continually is what you love to say. And whatever you say continually, whatever you love to say is what you're going to get. Don't always blame stuff on other people. Oh, that was nothing but the devil. No, that might have been nothing but your mouth. We love to blame everybody else. But sometimes we have to examine ourselves and look at what have we been saying. Because you either believe the word or you don't. You're praying for God to bless you financially, but you keep talking about how broke you are. You're believing for a great awakening, a great outpouring, believing for God to do stuff among many governments, but you keep talking about presidents and governors and congressmen and women. You believe something, either what you're praying or what you're saying. We looked at this a little bit on Sunday, how the angels came for the words that came out of Daniel's mouth. Are you giving angels instructions or access into your life? Or are you binding them up saying, words of doubt, fear, and unbelief, or saying whatever you feel like saying. So I just say what I need to say. I just say what I want to say. Yeah, you can live your life by John Mayer's song, but you're not going to get the results of the word of God. Don't say what you need to say. Say what you feel like you need to say. What you really need to say is what those books say. Speak the word only. Because whenever you deviate is when you get the rest of the results of the world. You know, people say, well, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Well, if you don't have anything of faith to say, don't say anything at all. You don't have to respond to every situation immediately. If you know you're just going to burst and say things you shouldn't, keep quiet. Or when should I say something? When you had something of faith to say. When you know what the word says to say. Back up for a second. Be quiet on the inside. Holy Ghost, what should I say about this? Then say it. So what Jesus did in Mark chapter 11. He walked by the fig tree, went into the temple, saw everything that was going on, left, walked by the fig tree, went home. Go to Mark 11.
Verse 13. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Then he goes unto the temple. He clears out the temple. And in the morning, verse 20, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter called to remember and said unto Master, Behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. You can have what you say, whether it's good, whether it's bad. Those nine words Jesus spoke to the fig tree, and the nine words he said to the mountain, he got them from the Father. So that means you need to spend time in prayer asking out, what should I say about this situation? Then say that, and don't back down from it. What happens when I have a thought that tells me that it's not going to be like what I said? Thank God. So Father, I thank you that what I said is coming to pass. That's how you're expressing your faith. Father, I thank you what I said is coming to pass. Oh, I thank you what I said is coming to pass. Oh, nope, I'm not backing down from those words. I thank you what I said is coming to pass. God wants you to rule. God wants you to reign. Those who received of the gift of righteousness and abundance of grace reign in this life. That's Romans. How do kings rule? By decree. If a king wanted a boulder moved, In his kingdom, he's not going to move it himself. He'll say something, he'll give a decree, and things move. Whatever you say consistently is what you have. There are times when God gives you decree to speak to a situation. There are times when you'll be like the one with the issue of the blood, and what you say continually is what you receive. We looked at that two weeks ago in this series. You must develop your faith confession. And that is what you need to say on a regular basis. Because if you're not regularly saying these words of faith and saying what you want your life to be, your faith is not operating on its highest level. You've not put your faith in passive. And you wonder why things haven't come to pass yet. It's because you haven't been saying what you've been supposed to be saying. So why I said it once, I forgot about it. So look at your life today. Examine yourself whether you are in faith. Were you in, you were in faith when you said it? So, well, I didn't say any words of doubt. Well, that's good. Do you still believe what you're saying has come to pass, or have you forgot about what you said? Have you let those things slip? You got to be on it when it comes to your faith. Faith is like a leaky substance. It'll drain out, so you have to keep pouring it back in. And keep saying the things you're supposed to say. I remember reading maybe 10, 12 years ago an article about Oprah. This is right before she started her network or right after she started her network. And I was examining this article, talked about what she did from the beginning of her career to where she got now. And I was just reading this wasn't a Christian publication, it was a normal business publication. 
And I saw two things, two scriptural laws that she worked since the beginning. It was the law of giving, sowing and reaping, and the law of confession. Because every day before the show, they not only said what they were going to do on the show, they said what they were going to do and that they would be, have a network one day. 10, 12 years before they had a network, they were saying it. The laws of the kingdom will work for whoever uses them. So people like Oprah will never go broke. Why? She gives too much. You got people like her and Bill Gates and Warren Buffett who they're making a contest who can give away more money. Well, I gave a billion this year. I gave a billion that year. So you don't know who's number one, number two, the richest person in the world because they keep giving stuff away. They may not know it yet, but they will never go broke because it's going to keep finding them. Because they operated the law of the kingdom. There are universal laws that will work for whoever works them. And it's time for the children of God to work the laws. You have to work those laws. You have to say where you want to go. Your tongue will control the direction of your life. Your tongue can control the direction of your finances. Well, I just have a problem spending too much. Say what you, change what you're saying. Say, I'm a wise steward of the finances God puts in my hands. I don't just splurge. I spend wisely. If you have an issue, identify it first in your mouth. Sister Gloria Copeland said this quote, which I love. She said, if you can turn it around in your heart and in your mouth, you can turn it around in your life. If you can turn it around in your heart and in your mouth, you can turn it around in your life. Go to Matthew 12. What will determine if it's blessing or cursing coming out? Bitter water or sweet? One of the ways you control your mouth, we already saw in James, is be slow to speak. You don't need to be the first one to say something. Same way you're going to be the first one to post something or tweet something. Just because something happens in the world does not mean you have to run to Facebook or run to Twitter. I see things that happen all the time. And natural emotion and flesh, I want to post something, but like, no, nah, I'm not supposed to say that. Not supposed to post that. But we just want to be like everybody else. Say like everyone else, post like everyone else, tweet like everyone else. And we wonder why our lives look just like the world. Matthew 12, verse 34. Oh, generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance, that word means superabundance or the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You don't just speak what's in your heart. You speak what overflows out of your heart. So whatever is in your heart in majority is what you will say on a continual basis. It's especially true to what you'll say under pressure. Pressure applies. Something comes out of your mouth. Oh, I don't know where that comes from. I do. It's what you put in there. 
They didn't just magically appear there one day. You put it in there. Jesus goes on and says, a good man out of the good treasure. That word treasure means storage. It's like a warehouse of the heart. Brings forth good things. The word good things is one Greek word which means what is beneficial. So a good man out of the good storage brings out into his life what is beneficial. And an evil man out of the evil storage brings forth evil things. The word evil things is one word which means what is hurtful. But I say unto you that every idle word, the word idle means useless or lazy. People who are lazy with their mouth. That men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. So a lot of people think, well, the day of judgment when I stand before Christ. Yes, I can be considered there. But the day of judgment is not just when you stand at the throne of God. It's a day of judgment every day. Because all judgment is another word for harvest. When people receive a judgment, they're receiving a harvest of the actions they've done. Your words are seeds. You will see, receive a harvest of what you continually say. So you must change what you say. How do you do that? Go to Joshua 1.8 and we'll begin to wrap it up. Joshua 1.8. What did God tell Joshua after telling him to be strong and very courageous? This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. In other words, keep it in your mouth. But you shall meditate. That word meditate means to mutter or to say therein day and night that you may observe to do or guard to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous. Then you shall have good success. So let's break this down. Joshua is to say the words of the law every day. In the morning and at night, he's supposed to say it again and again and again. By the words of his mouth, it will cause his actions to line up with what the law said. Isn't that what that scripture just said? And when his mouth has caused his actions to line up with what the word says, he will make his way, his life, successful. Right? So I want to be successful. Start with your mouth. Go back to what you're saying. If you want to experience success in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, in your health, before you can change your actions, you have to change your mouth. Because how many people have started diets and did pretty good? But after a while, give it a few holidays, it all came back. Now, some people have it balanced out. They work out so they can eat. It's like, I'm running four miles today 
because I got dinner tonight and I'm going to enjoy it. But that's not people who have health issues. They've already balanced that out. But if you have health issues and you keep eating the wrong things, it's like, well, I'm just going to run up to the healing line and maybe Jesus will heal me so I can go back and eat what I want to eat. You're breaking a few laws. What? Sowing and reaping. You're wanting Jesus to come up and heal you out of his mercy so you can go back and eat the wrong stuff and say the wrong stuff and think the wrong way. And people wonder, there are reasons why the healing anointing go into a person and it seems like nothing will happen. You have to go back to what have they been saying, what have they been thinking, what have they been eating. We all just want God to do a miracle, God. God says, change your mouth, child. You can change your life if you change your mouth. But the only way you change your mouth is by continually speaking the word of God. It's not just a one-day thing. It has to be a lifestyle. Every day you need to speak the word. Every day you need to hear the word. It's not just good enough on Sunday and Wednesdays. You got to hear the word preached every day. You need to read at least a chapter a day every day out loud. Not only is faith coming into your heart, but you are changing your actions. It has to start with your mouth. So identify today where in your life you want change to come. Go to the book and find out what you're supposed to say about it. And that is what you need to say every day. Write it on your mirror, put it in your phone, put it on your refrigerator. Say it every time you see it. And don't stop. Say it continually. Your actions will begin to change. And then you will see the result in your life. Because James said, if you do not control or bridle your tongue, your believing won't profit you. So you can believe in healing, but it won't profit you. You can believe in prosperity, but it won't profit you. You can believe in the wealth of the wicked transferring unto you, but it won't profit you. It won't do you any good or any benefit. So you have to go back to the words of your mouth. You got to control this tongue. You can't have a whole bunch of hell in your mouth. You got to put the word in there. You got to keep saying the word, keep speaking the word, keep singing the word. Another way to do it is spend time praying and singing in other tongues. Have faith in what you say in other tongues. Well, pastor, I don't know what I'm saying. I didn't say you have to know what you're saying. I just said have faith in what you say in other tongues. Because the Bible says that when you pray in other tongues, you magnify God and you pray the perfect will of God. So believe what the Bible says. And begin to speak over your situation in tongues. So I still don't know what I'm saying. I didn't say you have to know what you're saying. I said believe what you're saying is coming to pass. Spend time praying in the Holy Ghost. Because it's going to be harder for you to go spending an hour praying in the Holy Ghost to cussing somebody out the next breath. There will at least be some lag time. But what you do consistently will help you change your actions. 
you have to form faith habits. Just because you got saved didn't mean you had new habits. It's great that the power of God delivered you from addictions and bad habits. But you still need to form new habits. And it starts with what you say, which is connected to what you continually hear, what you continually see. So analyze your life. Find out what you want to change. Find out what the Word says you to say about it and say it continually. Amen? Stand to your feet. Go ahead and lift your hands and thank God for the Word of God. Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for speaking to us tonight. We believe your word. We receive your word. We don't want to be hearers only. We want to be doers of the word. So help us walk it out. Help us live it. We thank you and we give you glory in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed in prayer, no one moving or walking unless you've been assigned to do so. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.